Are you ready to be connected? You're listening to the Insured Connection Podcast by Pica Group, a pro-assurance company, where we provide expert advice for your practice when you need it most. We connect you with industry leaders to discuss timely topics so you can listen, learn, and get back to caring for your patients. Now, let's connect. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Adriana Ross. Um, Thank you for joining us again on the Insured Connection. And today I'm really excited to introduce Dr. Wendy Cole. She's out of Cleveland, Ohio, and she's kind of a novelty in our profession, truly. We're going to be talking with her a little bit about some of the research she's been working on, um, the role that she she holds currently, which is what makes her so unique, um, and just how did she get there? So just a little fireside chat. So Dr. Cole, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. And I always like to chat with colleagues and, and talk about the different roles that podiatrists can play uh, within uh, the medical field in general. And, you know, just as, as an introduction to the audience, uh, again, I'm Dr. Wendy Cole. I am in the Cleveland area and I'm the director of wound care research at Kent State University College of Podiatric Medicine. But then I also hold a national position where I am the director of clinical safety, quality, and education for a company called Wound Tech. So uh, I I do a little bit of everything as far as uh, wound care goes, and we'll, I'm sure, dive into that as we we talk today. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, I mean, I'm just going to jump right into it because it is pretty interesting. You hold a pretty significant role, and obviously for what we do for a living, you know, we do come into contact with infections and wounds on a regular basis, but how did you get to being the director, you know, um, of wound tech there for, for the safety? Well, so I started out, you know, doing general podiatry, doing podiatric surgery. I've been in practice roughly 22 years now. I hate to say that makes me sound so old now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Never. (laughs) You know, what it hit me is when one of my residents one day was talking about celebrating her mother's 40th birthday. And I was like, in my mid forties. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I know that feeling. Your mom, you know, that's when I became old, but anyway, I'm good with it now. (laughs) So, you know, I practiced general podiatry for, for quite a few years, 10, 12 years. And I really enjoyed it. And one point in time, I had two practices, two offices and in different locations. And my hospital came to me and they were opening a wound care center and they had asked multiple physicians uh, that were at the hospital, would we be interested in being uh, on staff at, at the wound care center? And of course, as podiatrists, we are the diabetic foot experts and we see a lot of diabetic foot disease, diabetic foot infections, diabetic foot ulcers. And so I was very interested in serving as faculty at, at the wound care center. And so I started uh, that position a half day a week there. And the more I got involved, uh, you know, it really piqued my interest. And I thought, you know, this is really an interesting subspecialty. And I went to uh, my first symposium for advanced wound care. And this again was 10, 12, 14 years ago, many, many eons ago. And my my mind and my eyes were wide open to all of this advanced wound care that was 
being uh, showcased at, at this conference and just starting to learn about the pathophysiology and all of the advanced dressings. And, and I just really, I found it so intriguing and interesting and it kind of just took me down this rabbit hole. And so that's where it all started. And I started spending more time in the wound care center and less time in my private offices. And then I was asked to spend more time in other wound care centers. And I ended up closing one of my office locations and to spend more time in wound care and then got more involved with research and then had the opportunity to become an assistant director for Cleveland Clinic Akron General Wound Care Center. And then I made that transition into complete uh, wound care and really stopped practicing general podiatry. And so that's kind of how it all really started. And that was about seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you brought up a couple of things that really kind of stuck with me. You said the subspecialty. Yes. You know, and I was I was at a conference um, this past week in Nashville for the the health was a health opportunity student association and ten thousand students there, and I had several of them coming up to me and asking, you know, how podiatrists you know differ from all the other specialties, and I could stand up there and say, well, we're we are many subspecialties within one. It's more regional rather than anything else, and you're bringing that truly to fruition. Um, I am curious, you know, which you left private practice and you ended up going in, basically you followed your passion, it sounds like. Want to receive a monthly newsletter with topics from the Insured Connection? Head over to pikagroup.com forward slash insured connection and join our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. I feel like I've talked to so many podiatrists on a regular basis that they don't realize that there is something else that they can do rather than just the, you know, you know, the daily clinic, surgery, clinic, surgery, and just treating everything. So how has that affected you and your practice by specializing just on wound care? Well, like you said, I found what drives me and what my passion is. Mm -hmm. And I feel very strongly about, you know, showcasing that, especially to our our students and, and our young practitioners and our residents, so much so that about that same time that I was transitioning into uh, wound care exclusively, I went to the Ohio College of Podiatric Medicine uh, or Kent State uh College of Podiatric Medicine, and I wrote a proposal to start this wound care research department, and they took me up on it, (laughs) luckily. (laughs) Uh, It it took some jumping over some hurdles and red tape, but Mm -hmm. so I, I started a whole wound care research department at Kent State Podiatry College so that our students know that there are other avenues. Not all students or all podiatrists want to be in the OR and want to do triple arthrodeses and, and, you know, exactly. all these ankle fusions or, you know, all these major surgical interventions. Some want to do research, some want to do wound care, some might want to do administrative work, which I'm doing more of now. So I I really feel like we do a disservice to our students and our residents and our young practitioners if we don't show them that there are other avenues. So I, I feel that, you know, that is part of my mission as well. And and I want to really educate Uh, our young practitioners about that. So I'm glad we are having this opportunity to have this talk. Yeah. And you brought up a really good point. I mean, I know you're passionate about research, 
um, you know, for a quick moment, can you tell us why, especially I know when we're speaking to young practitioners, sometimes they go into residency and, you know, it's that, why do I have to do research? You know, and I know for me trying to get in hospital privileging, sometimes showing that you've published an article on something Mm -hmm. by definition makes you an expert, you know, in a peer reviewed journal. So speak a little bit about what is the importance of research and why they should be interested in that. Well, for me, especially when at the time when I became interested in wound care, we didn't really, and we probably don't know as much as we should know about the pathophysiology of why wounds fail to heal. Now we know a lot more at this point in time than we did 10, 12 years ago when, when I kind of entered into the field. But I think that's what got me motivated and interested is I had all these questions and there weren't answers. And so I wanted to know the answers to those questions. So, you know, why is it that, you know, in certain scenarios, even though you're doing what appears to be everything right, wounds don't heal. So what are the pathophysiology, physiological issues at hand? And I think that's another reason why I love wound care, because it's not a one size fits all. It's not like patient presents with A, you apply B and you get C, there's a lot more involved with that. And so, you know, we kind of become, you know, we have to explore and we have to really investigate, put our investigators hat on and determine, you know, what is going on? What are, what biomarkers are off and what, what is, you know, what's the comorbidities? Is there possibly a, a medication that's off? Is there an atypical wound etiology at play? And so, I feel like, again, I want answers to a lot of these questions and that's what got me interested. Plus, if you ever go to any of these conferences and you walk through these exhibit halls and there's all of these advanced uh, treatments and dressings and, you know, cellular tissue products and all these things, but how do they work? What's their mechanism of action and what's the best patient to use them on and when, what's the best scenario to use them and, and kind of making it, you know, easy and what's the algorithm of care that those are the things that really spark my interest is to determine those. And that's where research comes into play. Mm. Yes. I'm a big fan of treatment algorithms. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, so speaking of which, I mean, you touched on it. What is, what's some of the research that you've been working on? I know you have a publication coming out here shortly. So, you know, within reason, but I don't want you to yeah. give it all to us, but <laughs> yeah. tell us a little bit about kind of research that you've been working on. Yeah. So, you know, my research is varied. I mean, I do a lot of research with diabetic foot ulcers, venous leg ulcers. So at the college, we have several different ongoing clinical trials on diabetic foot ulcers and venous leg ulcers. And, and, you know, that's still the bread and butter, if you will, of wound care research. But with my new role with wound tech, we're, we're looking at community-based health and, and we're looking at, you know, overcoming disparities and, and palliative care. And so, um, and, and we're looking at uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence. So I'm, I'm starting to look at, you know, what is the next evolution of, of, of healthcare and how it will affect wound care in general. So I'm looking at more like the big picture of of where our specialty is going in general and not just diabetic foot ulcers, venous leg ulcers, pressure injuries, but I mean, as 
healthcare evolves, where does wound care and, and podiatry fit into that? So, yeah, you said disparities, yes. you know, that's kind of a right in the middle of COVID and yes. pandemic, everything yes. going on, right? That's a big yes. deal. Oh, it is. You know, just, wow. And so, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off. no. Go ahead. <laughs> well, and that's what piqued my interest with my new job. So I've been at Wound Tech not quite a year, and what we do with Wound Tech, it's very interesting, and I feel like it's probably the future of medicine. Um, we are a national company. We um, employ roughly 200 advanced practice clinicians, so mostly nurse practitioners, and. Uh, physician assistants to go into the patient's home and provide advanced wound care. So it's basically a mobile wound care center. So we could do procedures, we can do debridements and and we can do uh, biopsies. We can do anything mostly except for hyperbaric oxygen uh, that the patient can have at a wound care center. We do it in their homes. So I oversee again, as the director of clinical quality, safety, and education, I oversee those clinicians. And it's given me an opportunity instead of seeing, you know, 20 patients a day, I oversee 200 clinicians that see 20 patients a day. So, you know, my footprint has really increased substantially. And, and, and I think we are practicing wound care without walls. And I, again, it's, it's overcoming these disparities because we know that patients that live in more depressed socioeconomic areas have barriers to care, limited access, limited mobility. They might not be able to drive or have people that they could depend on getting them places. And we know that those are the people that uh, will deteriorate and have higher levels of amputation. So if we can get them the care that they need, hopefully we could prevent uh, that negative sequela. So it's really pretty interesting and I'm, I'm really excited about this new chapter. Wow. It sounds really interesting. It also sounds, you know, kind of bridging the gap because there does seem to be a lot of gaps within medicine where we're not necessarily all kind of working towards the same, you know, it's not a fabric. It doesn't seem like sometimes, but the way that you say it, it doesn't seem as though podiatry is just, you know, concerned with just the lower extremity. I mean, you're right. Wound care applies to everywhere, you know, and its principles, that's the beauty of it. Um, So I am curious though, how are you doing all of that and still managing, or I I really do kind of tend away from trying to say work-life balance. It's more like work-life juggling, but we we had a good talk with, you know, Dr. Ciccinelli, you know, who's overseas. And I asked him the same thing. How are you balancing all of this? So how do you do it? You know, sometimes it's challenging, right? But I really love what I do. So, you know, they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I truly feel like that. Some days are more tiring and frustrating than others, right? Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny because you and I had a call prior to, to this <laughs> and we were talking a little bit and now I, my children are older. Uh, I have a daughter who's 20 and a son who just turned 16 uh, last Wednesday. So when they got to be a certain age, you know, when they're young and I, I do, I travel and I speak and a lot of these conferences and 
so when they were younger, they always knew that mommy left a lot and traveled and that was her work, but they never really understood what that meant. And then when they got to be older, I started taking them with me. So they've sat in a lot of boring conferences or what they consider boring conferences. I love it, but cause I geek out on all that stuff. But anyway, um, so, so now that they're older, they've traveled all over the place with me. And so I think that's kind of neat. They understand and, and they get firsthand, you know, that this really is work that I'm not just, you know, sitting on a beach drinking rum punches that I'm really working. Uh, but then, you know, they've seen the other side of it too. They've been uh, with dinners with, you know, high level scientists and, and they've been in these conference and exhibit halls and, but they've got to travel to Italy and Iceland and, you know, you name it. So, I mean, I think that's kind of fun and kind of neat. So yeah, I yeah. think, I mean, you know, you mentioned in our conversation, I have a one-year-old and a five-year-old and, yeah. you know, I'm listening to you and watching everything that you're doing, thinking I get that, I get that question asked a lot where young practitioners or residents will come up and say, well, if I want to do it all, how do I do it? You know, so how do you prioritize is what I think they're asking. So right. how do you prioritize it all? What are your pearls to prioritizing? Yeah. I mean, when they're younger, it's harder. Right. And they're, they're your priority when they're younger. I, I couldn't do half of what I do now, but I didn't have the opportunities that I do now. Right. Because I, I wasn't at this stage professionally at that time. So at that time I was building my career and establishing myself and, and, you know, obviously taking care of them and, and building my home life. So I feel like they are more the priority at that point in time, but as they grow and as you're professionally, as you grow and and you become more accomplished, then I feel that that does balance out. So, you know, you're family heavy and then you get established and then you're professionally heavy and then you drag your family along with you if you're lucky enough. <laughs> That's sort of how it worked out for me. <laughs> and my daughter, she's always in my ear. Where are we going, mom? And, and I have the opportunity potentially to go to Germany in September. And my daughter, I mentioned is 20. She uh, is a cosmetologist. So she's working and uh, the other day she's telling me, she's like, mom, I'm all booked up in September. She's like, um, there's all these weddings. And she's like, I might not be able to go to Germany. You got to tell me if we're going. I'm like, I'm like, honey, well, you know, she's learning about work-life balance now. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, your work comes first. If you can't come to Germany with mom, I'm sorry, but you know, it, adulting sucks sometimes. I love that end, you know, it's funny. <laughs> well, that also speaks to the relationship that you established with that yeah. um, at a young age too. That's, that's pretty impressive. This is something that I'm going to work towards. There you go. I, she's all mad because she's got to work now and she might not be able to travel with me. Yeah, <laughs> to Germany, I understand. Yeah. She's learning the lesson that, you know, well, now, now work comes first for her because she's got bills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, so so I'm not sure if you know, but, you know, in the insured connection, you know, our audience is podiatrists, but chiropractors, lawyers as well, dentists. And what I love about you different than maybe not everyone that comes on is that every single one of those specialties can, you're speaking to all of it in the sense that 
you know, you're taking kind of more of a, um, a non-traditional route to getting towards what your passion is. And right. it seems as though when you practice what your passion is and what you're genuinely interested in, it seems to not, like you say, feel like work. Right. You know, so um, I think it's important because we hear so much about burnout lately, right? Yes. I was just having this conversation a couple of weeks ago with some colleagues yeah. and, you know, everyone, it's, it's a big buzzword burnout. And, and yeah. I think if you don't find your passion, you are more apt to burn out. And I think we do have to encourage our colleagues that feel that burnout or feel that stress. They're obviously not practicing their passion. And, and there are other avenues. I haven't practiced in private practice for, like I said, seven, eight years. And it, it was, it really lifted a lot of weight off of my shoulders because private practice, you know, the, you're the last person to get paid. <laughs> you know? And when you go on vacation, guess what? You're not making any money, but you know, you still have to pay the rent and pay the utilities and, and pay all your workers and all their insurance and your, you know, but get, if there's, you know, but no money's coming in, it's no fun. It's the truth. It's true. It's true. It's, it's definitely not a one size fits all. No. And, and, and so, you know, I, you just have to find that balance and, and, and this, you know, it's not the same for everybody. I, I was very lucky. I, I, I feel like you have to be open to opportunity too. When any opportunity came my way, I was very open to exploring it, mm. you know, and you just never knew, especially with this particular um, role that I have now with wound tech, it came to me, a recruiter messaged me on LinkedIn and, and almost every day I probably get some message on LinkedIn and I'm sure you probably have the same uh, thing happen. And, and 99% of the time they're just, you know, someone wants to sell you something or someone wants to invest in something or something <laughs> silly, you know, sure. but this one, for some reason, I just, I answered this person, you know, with this inquiry and, uh, you know, they asked for a call with me and I said, at first, whatever reason I had some time. So I, you know, took their call and here we are. So you just, you know, you have to just be open to opportunity. You never know. So. Oh, that's a good, that's a good pearl. You know, I yeah. kind of summarize things in <laughs> pearls. I was like being open to opportunity and knowing how to prioritize. That's really, really good. Yeah. So I do, have, I do have one, one more kind of question uh, that I do really want to dive into because there are a lot of young women, a lot of women in the profession, you know, just even within medicine, not even just podiatry or even within, you know, our allied you know, specialties that PICA covers, um, that, you know, you get used to coming up against adversity, you know, and I know you come against adversity and what are the nuances, you know, as a woman, has it given you kind of a third eye and being able to look at a different, you know, look at a situation differently and, you know, what have you come up against and how have you kind of triumphed over that? You know, it's funny because I, don't have a particular situation that comes to mind. And I don't know why that is, but I've never really felt that at all, even though this is a male heavy 
specialty. Um, I guess I'm just too hard headed. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great answer. <laughs> because I just, I never, I never let things bother me and I'm just very strong willed. So I've never, I've never really had an issue like that. Mm. That's that that I've let get in my way, I guess, you know what I mean? So I, I, you know, just know your worth and, 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 and have that, you know, I don't know what you want to call gumption. That's such a old word. (laughs) That's a great word though, (laughs) but you know, know your self-worth and and how that uh, self-esteem and and really, you know, stand your ground and, and really go for what you want. I, I, I've never let anything, you know, really stand in my way. So being a female, being a mom, being, you know, new to anything has, I've never let that hinder my, my uh, ability to achieve. So. Um, Yeah. So Dr. Cole, again, thank you so much. That's a great way to wrap it up because I feel as though that you know, you representing such a novelty in our profession, but it speaks to anyone, whether you're a chiropractor, a lawyer, um, uh, or a dentist being able to create kind of a, their own path, you know, based on kind of your passion and what you're, think you do a better justice to your clients and also to the patients that way. And you've really exemplified that. So thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us today. Well, Absolutely. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. I hope that this, you know, just creates a pathway for someone else. If they're not happy with what they're doing, they, they give something new uh, a chance because they might really find what, you know, fulfills them. So I hope, I hope that's the case. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. And that's it for this week's episode, but let's continue connecting. If you're enjoying The Insured Connection, don't forget to leave a review on your streaming platform and subscribe now so you can connect with us each time we post a new episode. To stay connected with us throughout the week and to tell us topics we should discuss on future episodes, go to pikagroup.com forward slash insured connection.